Welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kearns, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. This week is no different as we live up to the around the world piece of it. We are speaking to Will Parr of Studio Parr over in the UK. We came to learn of Will through his work with Siren Craft Brew and numerous other projects that keep him extremely busy, extremely creative, and we're really excited to share all that with you, learn about the different processes that he has, processes, processes, and go into depth about how he's pushing some of the boundaries with printing, his story, how he got into it, his work, and kind of... uh, you know, how he's come to be doing work for, for Vibrant Forest, like we said before, Simon Craft Brew, doing some work for, for wineries, which is really cool, Offbeat Wines, and just a bunch of other cool projects that we'll uh, dab into, dabble, tippy toes, and uh, get it going for you. So this is a, this is a good one. I think that um, there's a lot to take away. I think that really learning about perspective, learning about process, and just learning someone's story. You know, we have a good rapport. He's got a good sense of humor. He's, uh, you know, really laid back and self-aware, and he's a, a real hard worker. You know, he's, he's definitely keeping himself busy. When you listen, go to studio.par, P-A-R-R, two R's. It's so good. And then go to studiopar.co.uk and put those pictures up. See the different accounts he has, see the number of breweries he has, and the fact that they're coming out with so many different, uh, you know, limited releases, one-offs, and what they have in place. So it's cool to talk about style sheets, you know, talk about, you know, the wine industry a little bit, you know, bottoms up, and really uh, get a good kind of uh, full 360 perspective, which um, originally wasn't uh, meant to be a pun, but he also does work for for a brewery, uh, which is uh, under that that vin- uh, name, excuse me, 360-degree brewing company. So 360-degree beer on Instagram. You can follow along with them, too, and see what they're doing. And they're all unique, and it's really cool. That's really important. I think that wherever, you're, wherever you are, literally, figuratively, geolocation-wise, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's important to, to get some insight to look at people and their story and, you know, allow you some time to relate. So kick back. It is uh, Friday. Fall is here. The end of uh, sober October is almost here, which really, honestly, hasn't really been a big deal. It's more it's more the, the fun or the, you know, the um, complaining in jest. But, you know, been hitting the gym hard, you know, looking, looking pretty good, pretty... Uh, Pretty happy with some of the results there. Um, it's a different version of Dad Bod, but um, you know, he's uh, he's doing it. So we we like to challenge ourselves. We like to you know push it. You know, it's a, it's also a mental exercise. It keeps us fresh, keeps us you know going. It's been a, it's been a tough year, and uh, you know we are stronger for it. And you know we're happy to be able to share these experiences with you. With that said, we're also very happy that we're able to announce. Our next version of the Art of Craft Beer. We're doing the Art of Craft Beer Connecticut style. Maybe we'll call it the Nutmeg or, you know, New Haven. 
And, um, yeah, so it'll be the month of December. Uh, the opening night will be December 14th at Three Sheets in New Haven, Connecticut. You can follow along with our adventures there. It's really cool because they're big supporters. They do a, a series you know, every month called Art in the Back, but they're giving us you know all the, the walls in the entire location, front, back, and in between, and we'll be promoting all of the guests who have agreed to participate, who have uh, been on the podcast before in the past. So we've got an, uh, a beautiful lineup for you. I think currently confirmed we have 12 different artists and designers. It will not be a college dorm room. You won't see people just printing their labels and, and putting them up on the wall. So it'll be really a, a unique opportunity for you to come and enjoy the work, get drunk with us, you know, have some fun. You know, Three Sheets is a cool place. It's a dive bar, but I mean that in like the nicest way because it's got some charisma. It's got you know, some uh, some style to it, and it's just a lot of fun. Good people work there. Always a killer tap list, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So December 14th, New Haven, Connecticut. This is the 16-ounce canvas. Remember, 16ozcanvas.com is the website. You can go to 16ozcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give us those follows. Give us those likes. Let's be vain, but let's get into it. Episode 133, which is a prime number. Right here on the 16-ounce canvas, we have him, the one and the only Mr. Will Parr, William himself, studio.par with two R's, studiopar.co.uk. And segment one, and now we begin the interview, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. Hello and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have us today checking in from Bournemouth, just uh, south of... Uh, London, England, Mr. Will Parr of Studio Parr, uh, another one of our international guests. We're really excited to, to have us join him today. Uh, we came to learn a Will and his work that he's done with uh, Siren Craft Brew, but also uh, have fallen in love with the work he's been doing with Vibrant Forest. So I want to uh, you know, thank you once again, Will, for, for taking the time to join us today. No worries. Excellent, excellent. I didn't butcher uh, Bournemouth, did I? No, no, you said it exactly right. Bournemouth. Yes. Yeah, yeah, good, good. That's probably one of the harder parts is last names and uh, pronunciations of areas. And okay. some... Well, my, my last name's pretty, pretty yeah, easy. Yeah, you're, you're, so it's I pretty had, spot I had to make on. Your job hard. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, yeah, like I said, I really have uh, come to um, really, I mean, the work you do with Siren is, is some of my favorite. I really think it's great. You know, obviously they're not uh, 16 ounce cans, but we make an exception for, for great design. Um, yeah. and, it's, and it's really been, uh, yeah, it's been really nice to see those cans are really something special and the work you're doing, um, you're not just only in, in beer, but you're doing some work in uh, wine as well. So uh, you're kind of running the, the full liquor cabin over there. I, uh, that's what everyone says. Yeah, I must get a lot of free free alcohol samples. Um, it de- definitely works that way. I can't I can't pay the bills in uh, alcohol there. <laughs> yeah, wine and then you have the coffee for those for those long uh, post. Uh, yeah, post. Yeah, uh, yeah. The coffee the coffee is actually probably the biggest perk of the job. It's the the thing I drink the most of. Oh yeah, uh, uh, present company, present company included. So, so for folks at home, if you want to follow along with uh, you know Will's work, it's studio par, but it's so good it needs two R's. So it's not just it's it's above par. So it's uh, which is a, a golf term. I'm reaching here, but uh, and then studio par uk is the website. You can see really clear, you know, uh, detailed photos, uh, you know, of the work there, which which is really nice. There's a nice 
kind of gallery you can kind of uh, scroll through, which is which is fun to see. Thank you very much. Very okay. kind of you. Oh yes. So we'll, we'll see what you think about that after this next question. So um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is the part where we're kind of um, you know you're you do a lot of package design. You know you, you're very creative. What I really like is that especially if you look at Siren and Vibrant specifically, is they're both extremely unique designs and how, how you've laid them out, but um, they're, and you really make them your own. So you really have this ability to create, a, you know, really powerful works for all of your clients that really, one, one could argue, you know, it's always kind of the question of a good designer is that, you know, the fact that they don't really have symmetry amongst themselves. You know, you wouldn't really necessarily know that it's the same design house, which really allows them to, to stand on their own which I think is a big compliment to the, you know, the work that you're doing. Um, you know, Vibrant has that really unique kind of uh, almost like graffiti stenciled on logo look to it. And then Siren uses mm. these really detailed um, and kind of, uh, you know, these, these illustrative uh, designs, which is, which is, which I really like, you know, and both, both stand on their own really, really strongly. So, so with that lead in of the kind of the build up, you know, what's the what's the the Will Parr story? You know, we'll get into the how you met the breweries and how that came to be, but how did you kind of find your your your, your calling here? And just, you know, how, your, to, your, how your did creativity? I get into it? Well, yeah. So it it kind of goes back all the way to well, the classic of uh, as a kid always loving drawing and uh, all of those yeah, telltale signs, uh, but it wasn't until kind of uh, just before university where in the UK you have to make that decision on uh, most most graphic design courses uh, force you to do a what they call an art foundation course so you do a bit of everything to do with art um, but from the age of 18 I'd kind of already decided that graphic design was what I wanted to do and I didn't want to waste a year uh, doing uh, fine art and 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 the like so I found a course uh, that would allow me on if I went and got a graphic design job. So I contacted quite a few like kind of local graphic design agencies and found a really nice one, very small scale corporate design agency, and uh, kind of built the portfolio that way. Uh, at that point, I was literally just kind of cutting and mounting and spraying and doing all the tea making and all of that but it, I, it yeah it gave me the uh the inside knowledge and and enough work to kind of build that portfolio to get me into university uh and then yeah so we did i did graphic design um or it was actually class communication design um and when i came out of university uh i decided that i didn't want to go back to doing corporate design so annual reports and which is great uh but there was a lot of time and hours spent on annual reports that uh that would only get to be seen by like 20 uh directors of the company um and i love the idea of of kind of seeing your work out there in the in the public and that is where i got a job at designbridge in London, which is was one of the biggest uh, packaging specialists at the time, uh, and that's kind of where the career kicked off in packaging. Um, working with lots of breweries, lots of uh, spirits and distilleries, uh, and that's led me to a couple of other 
other agencies before setting up on my own. And here we are today. Yeah. So that was a very, very, yeah, that was how I got into it. It's been a long journey since then. But uh, yeah, it's, so, it's amazing. So you, so you talk about the designs. So is, can you uh, talk more about the fact that you kind of had to have a job before and show that you're working in design before you needed to kind of, so you can kind of almost, was it like skip a year or just not have to have that prerequisite of classes that you really didn't feel were necessary? Yeah, so the, the, the university was Co- was Coventry Uni and, and it was more, it, they they obviously took the traditional method of, of taking lots of students on via the, the foundation course. Um but they, it was also a kind of like a vocational course as well. So they had lots of industry links and um, particularly for kind of more uh, mature students, if you had a portfolio, you showed a genuine interest in the subject, then they would uh, give exception to the rule of not having the foundation course. Um, and so that's essentially what I did. I took a year out worked for six months and traveled for six months. Uh, and that was enough for, uh, uh, to get me onto the course. I've, I mean, I like that. I think that, you know, like I, I, I mentioned a few times, I mean, I went to university as an accounting major because I like math. You had, I had, I, mm. it was a terrible decision. Um, but yeah, it, <laughs> but, 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 worked yeah well. it worked out well, <laughs> but I mean, I just think that I think sometimes with university, it's this life, changing part of your life and so i think one of the areas that may be here in the states um i feel i feel uh in great britain they do a little bit better job than we do here um of that um but just kind of like you come right out of high school and then you have to declare your major and you're you're ready to go and you're 17 18 and that's Mm. and then you have you know uh debt up to you know up to the ceiling and it's kind of like classes that or experiences that maybe you really don't want to don't want to do for the rest of your life it's kind of i've i've come across a very few graphic designers or designers that uh at that young age kind of 16 17 that actually uh would categorically say that they wanted to be a graphic designer um at that point it's yeah they could go in many number of different directions um so yeah it was i think it's quite rare that i at, from that early age i kind of already kind of single-mindedly set set myself the task of of, of doing that um and just didn't see the point in uh uh kind of throwing a not throwing away a year but it, uh, yeah if there was another way around it i, I thought I'd, it was worth a try right even that the fact you had to prove it the idea was that okay if you if you're saying that you're so committed to this art that or I mean this I mean art is a craft obviously not fine art but um, that you had to prove it for a year that to me is more tangible and hands on than okay you check this box and you're gonna take you know, you, so you're gonna take these classes and we're not gonna yeah. really engage engage with you on what that entails so I think that either way it would have worked out really well for you I mean I, and it's interesting because some of your you know your work you know, a lot of the I think it's the labels you do you know, for uh, Vibrant and even your wine labels have a level of, you know, fine art to it with the water, a lot of use of watercolors and, and what have you. So it's kind of, uh, it's kind of interesting to, to, to see it come back to that. Yeah, I mean, it, there's, it, it kind of goes part with the journey that I've been on. So uh, the the first job uh, at DesignBridge, I was there for six years and, uh, yeah, they the, historically work with all the big 
multinational brands that everyone would have heard of. So uh, that was where I actually started working with breweries. So Heineken and Carlsberg and um, uh, uh, FEMSA Brewery, which is now Heineken in Mexico. Um, so lots of international brands. Um, and the job there was really, it was coming up with ideas. So it was kind of like a, a conceptual designer. And then you would then art direct the right person for the job. So if, the, if you came up with the concept of an illustration, um, you would there, nine times out of 10, we would commission a, uh, an artist to do that for you, uh, which as a young designer was amazing. Yeah, just getting paid to come up with ideas was kind of, yeah, the dream job coming out of university. Uh, but it then soon dawned on me that actually there was only so many more years I could carry on doing that before I burn out. <laughs> um, so so that's when I actually then made the conscious decision to move out of London, um, help uh, develop and establish a, a small agency down in uh, Brighton, which is another town on the south coast. Um, and that's actually when I started getting my hands dirty again, as, as I say, so kind of getting back into doing the illustrations and uh, uh, really attention to detail and typography and um, still ideas led, but it meant that you kind of had your hands on the whole process, not just the ideas bit at the beginning. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's kind of common. I mean, we, we hear, and we have to say our, our, our shitty jobs, but you seem to speak it with, with a little more reverence, but just kind of those jobs that burn us out or, you know, like you said, you kind of saw three three steps ahead and you, you realized that this was, it wasn't sustainable for the for the long term. And so, you, yeah, I, 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 first of all, I applaud anyone who runs their own business and kind of goes for it. So even just, you know, it's not a matter where we're checking in with somebody, it's not an easy choice to make. You know, I personally know how that goes. And so, you know, having that you know, just kind of, uh, I don't know, guts to, to kind of go for it is something that should be applauded. So I'm just uh, stupidity in most people's eyes. I would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, bliss, blissfully ignorant. Yeah. You know, kind yeah. of, uh, you know, see it through, uh, in our, in our respect. So, um, studio power is actually, uh, me and my wife, Nikki power. Um, she's, uh, at home looking after kids. Uh, and so long, long term, she'll come on board eventually. Um, but that was actually how we, we decided to set up studio par was uh, we were in the uh, early days of firstborn son and uh, uh, clouded by lack of sleep probably and decided actually now would be the best time to set up uh, the agency not wait for a few more years <laughs> oh yeah then that was crazy I mean, <laughs> during those yeah i think there was probably uh yeah, you the know, uh, deprivation of sleep uh, can definitely have a yeah. huge have a huge impact on uh, on your work. Yeah, I agree with that. But one of the one of the kind of come out on the other side positives is being deadline driven and finding things out. What and we've said this before, what you realize you can do on several hours of sleep that you thought before was never possible. It's really. Uh, I don't think it's a long-term health health uh, option, but <laughs> it's still at the, for, for that short period of time. What you can do on a couple hours of sleep is is pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm lo I'm looking forward to. Well, we're we're kind of out out the other side of babies now, but I'm but I'm looking forward to uh, kind of still still working uh, as hard as we've ever done, but just being able to do it on a 
shorter time scale. Exactly. Now, how old are, how old are the spawn? Uh, so we got six, well, almost six and almost three. Uh, okay. So we're yeah, we're kind of we're doing all right. Yeah, we're uh, we're at nine and almost six, so we're kind of the flip side of you guys. So yeah, it, okay. it gets better. Good, good. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's well, they they have more opinions though, so I can't I can't uh, I can't fix that problem for you. But, well, it uh, won't won't be long before I can get them involved uh, doing in, some concepts. Interns, or, yeah, interns, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Start Very doing good. Some, some children's work. Now, again, <laughs> folks, if you follow along uh, studio.par with two R's on Instagram, you can really uh, kind of follow along and see some of the great designs. Uh, I really like that you show kind of some early works or kind of the, the phases of the process as well. I know especially you were doing that for the, the teasers that you were doing for uh, the wine labels, the, the kind of the CMYK prints, the, the oil paintings and the watercolor work there. Um, mm. It was really cool to kind of boom and it just kind of comes out in the the xy uh series in in wine which the photo again and the photos and the layout that you choose for your work is really it's really you really have a good eye for that as well so i i think that while we're not a photography podcast how you're framing up your work and you know sharing those those pieces are, are, are it's really smart and really allows to kind of feel for it you know especially which is hard to do on a you know a flat file and limited space of instagram Oh, well, I think that that for me, um, as a kind of a small agency, because uh, we've only been going for four years, five, no, almost five years. Um, actually, Instagram's been one of the most important sales tools for me. Not being able to kind of update the website as uh, as often as we'd want, but actually, Instagram, you can you can show finished things, you can show things uh, work in progress. Uh, without being too controlling over the the end result uh and that's that's kind of how i see instagram really as a, a, a kind of an interim sales tool uh just kind of i can point new clients to instagram rather than straight to the website and there's yeah it's quite helpful that way yeah and what i like also is is kind of you'll you'll use it for you know five or six posts in a row that'll be about the same um, concept or release or you know package design project that you worked on so it's kind of this little almost like a little series <clears throat> you know portfolio packet of you know where it is different different uh, views of the project or you know how those uh, logos are being used and you know it's a really uh, it's kind of fun to see that you know I know you've done that numerous times and I think it's really smart Thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's always always fun. I think it's actually helped. Um, so I, I share quite a, an open plan studio with uh, some other creatives down here, and uh, uh, quite a few of them have actually yeah they they've set the whole business up just on the back of Instagram, and it's been quite quite inspiring uh, just to see how they've used the the that method uh, to develop their their businesses. I like that. So yeah, I think probably yeah everyone. And that's what we uh, we try. I mean, we t- we look at everyone how they're doing their stuff, and we try to be consistent and, and utilize it in a, in a smart way. So it's nice to for you to be in that studio and to be able to you know take away from others and kind of collaborate together. Which is one of the one of the things I've noticed with the, a lot of a lot of folks is, is the willingness to kind of uh, collaborate even when it's not on a you know you're not working on the same brief so to speak, mm-hmm. but just kind of give input and you know and take pieces from you know different artists or designers and, and utilize that whether it be in the, ty- the type phase or just the layout or trying to 
have that versatility in your work. So I can, mm. I think that's cool that you put yourself in a, in a space like that to, you know, kind of allow you to be pushed with, you know, passively by others. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool. We moved, we moved, uh, two years ago, um, to the area and, uh, yeah, it's been amazing now. I've, I've kind of, we've, we've got this kind of little network of, of creatives, really random selection of, uh, artists and makers, uh, but we've all got this kind of uh, crossover between skills, um, and so there, there's already been projects where we've all worked together on on different things. Uh, so yeah, it's it's quite an inspiring place to be, actually. Well, yeah, kudos kudos to the team over there if you're listening. Now, <laughs> given now, if you, like I said, if you look at your work, it's it's kind of all over the the spectrum in terms of design styles. How would you? Mm-hmm. How is your approach? You know, how are you? You know, what kind of tools are you working with to to create these? Um, uh, so, so I still I still pride myself as being a conceptual designer. Um, and it's quite a lofty title, but it's it that every everything that we do is ideas led. Uh, it's not just aesthetic. So that, that and that's I suppose that's why. Uh, there is no one set style because it, yeah every client is different uh we have to use the what is essentially going to put them in the right position to kind of build build off the back of their brand um vibrant classic classic example that yeah, that was a complete rebrand or refresh from from scratch so there there wasn't anything and we've created this kind of template system where it it can be any style we can use uh you know very abstract patterns through to really illustrative styles depending on uh the beer or the uh collaboration that we do uh, and then Siren uh, was kind of an established style. It's definitely an established brand in the UK, um, although relatively new. So around six years, I think they've been going. Um, they're quite an iconic style before I, I got involved. Um, and the brief there was really the time was needed for change. They'd kind of set, set back on their their laurels for a little while um and moving to cans allowed this kind of much bigger canvas uh but they had such a cult following um in the uk particularly in the uk that i was um i had to treat it slightly differently uh they came to me because they wanted my fresh eyes my creativity but i also knew that if i'd completely um thrown everything out the bag and done something new uh there'd be a lot of unhappy people out there you know there's people with tattoos of the old design so uh, i had that at the, or constantly nagging at the back of my mind uh that we needed to do we needed to have a complete change but still have something that people could rely on or, or know that was siren that must be a little bit stressful. I mean, that's a that's a tough brief to get, right? Because you're trying to be, you know, show kind of, uh, I don't know if homage is the best word, but just show respect for the previous mm-hmm. and then still make it your own. So that, that yeah. yeah, that shows a little. The, um, night, the night before the, the, the launch, uh, I actually got quite apprehensive about it. I must admit, um, uh, just interested to see what people's reaction was going to be. Um, 
and touch wood uh i think we're three four months in uh and yeah it's all been positive yeah it's been it's given the whole brand a, a fresh uh look and a lease of life that uh that it's what they wanted but they didn't think uh, well i'm pretty sure they didn't think it was going to be quite uh quite the the response that we got so it was good now are you doing are you doing those illustrations are those are those uh, Yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, it was quite interesting the, the, all the, through the concept stages, um, I felt, so I've got a funny thing about, um, I think ma- male artists drawing females, uh, there's very few people that can do that well. Um, and so what I wanted to do for, throughout the concept stage was actually bring in, uh, uh, a female artist so I actually uh, got a uh, tattoo artist that I know um, in to help help with some concepts when it actually came through the through the stage that we realized we we wanted to keep the original illustration of the female faces that obviously freed it up a lot so that um, that was the kind of the sacrilege we weren't going to touch that but everything else uh, was up for grabs uh so yeah it was about um uh i did i'd say i did probably about 70 percent uh of all the illustrations um and then we we got in a couple of extra uh purely illustrators uh just to give a little bit of uh another eye or another uh kind of layer of of information in within each of the canvases yeah it's a very uh very 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 thoughtful and i think it's uh, now what is your what is the reasoning for your thinking that men cannot draw the women uh it's just through uh uh experience if i'm honest um so when we when working at bigger agencies uh we used to have uh what we call conceptual artists or um commercial illustrators who would come in and they could kind of like mimic styles and uh for concept purposes to kind of get you to that first first concept stage um and even at that young age, when I was see it, seeing them, uh, it's so difficult to draw female faces quickly. Um, so, uh, yeah, from drawing on that slight nervousness, bringing in the uh, uh, the tattoo artist uh, Joe at the uh, at the beginning of the stage, we just helped uh, kind of uh, me relax into that that process that I, I didn't have to to kind of keep that to the back of my mind um and i and i think it's benefited it in a way because it it almost meant that i could think about the rest of the concept not just getting too uh too tight on drawing the the faces right because you that was probably a pain point for you right being cognizant of the difficulty of it and then the fact that it was kind of part of the, the brand that you knew people were drawn to. So when you Absolutely. cut that out of yeah. the equation, you were yeah. a little freeing right there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's the thing. Uh, what I've tried to do is go on, on all projects is kind of learn from previous projects and, and particularly when we're having to work fairly quickly on projects, there's not, there's not, uh, there's never been uh, projects where, you know, time isn't of a, of a issue particularly working with breweries there's always we need it now or tomorrow um so uh yeah just just making sure that we're we're time efficient 
uh, is one of the key skills working with uh, some of the smaller smaller scale producers. Excellent. And then, folks, again, if you want to you follow, there, there's three great examples. We you know we talked about um, you know a Siren, but there's also a High uh, Wheeled Brewery or Weld, I guess. It's High Wheeled, High Wheeled, yeah. Which is a great another example of another another level of you know the the illustrations there really they they, they fit perfect with the the, the the branding kind of a, a folklore kind of uh you know taking it back to days of yesteryears with with dragons and what have you and i think it's just Got another it. it's a really great <laughs> example of, of just kind of the the versatility and really fitting into that kind of you know uh has an olden style to it, it just kind of feels like um, and it looks like screen printed older posters you'd see kind of Absolutely. at the fairs and what have you so really um you're kind of uh, minimalist with with the colors and then you have the then you take it you know the the full other direction with you know the work that you're like i said those wine bottles and what have you so just it's a really just uh it, that's what we're here today is to celebrate you but just a really good testament to the to the versatility that you have to really bring these you know you have vibrant forest and you know siren um just to kind of show the the full range of your your portfolio so really cool will i i really like that one a lot it kind of uh i i'm a big fan of uh folklore and, and that type of stuff so it's perfect well that 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 was the best project for me because that was actually the first project as studio par um so previously to studio par uh, i moved down to brighton which is uh, directly south of london um and helped uh, establish and set up an agency called cook chick and they uh, again another lots of breweries so uh, breweries have followed my career um but they we developed and uh, kind of uh, created beer brands for um, a brewery called Adnams in England. And um, I'd done that for about 12 years. So setting up on my own was the, one of the sole purposes of setting up on a studio par was uh, to reach out to much smaller breweries and uh and just have some fun and that was actually that was i think you can tell when you when i look back at the work that was the one that i really kind of went to town on the storytelling and the detail in the illustration and everything that uh i hadn't been able to do for the bigger breweries um yeah i'd, I'd kind of i'd let go on that one <laughs> yeah and I, I mean, right it's your first one it's kind of your your baby and right this is kind of your calling card to the world that hey studio parts here and i yeah i think it really works and um uh, i i love the the simplicity of kind of the, the base colors just kind of various shades of that and so yeah it's really um, you know kudos to you on that so And we are back. Episode 133. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes you say those numbers out loud. It just kind of gets a little crazy to think about. Episode 133. Will Parr. Studio Parr. It's more like a birdie or an eagle. It's a good one. Just good people. You can kind of, you get the sense. of We're definitely good judges of character. You know, I think we really have that ability and when we connect with folks, you know, we're not going to lie. There's definitely a few interviews, some recently, some in the future, you know, will happen, have happened, that are tough. 
And that doesn't mean we don't rock it. You know, we don't give it 110% or other sports cliches. But sometimes these questions we ask, you know, we try to ask the majority of the same questions across guests. So there is that level of consistency. There's a familiarity. It gives, you know, if they listen to one or two to get, you know, feel safe, they, they kind of, okay, I know what they asked. I got asked that too. But sometimes it's, it's fucking tough. It's like pulling teeth. And, you know, I give a lot of credit to, to moderators and folks in the qualitative space, um, you know, in the market research side, you know, side of things. You know, it's not all palm trees. But when you ask questions and you just get, Yes, no, okay, or yes, I worked on that. It was really hard. It's uh, it's painful, and so we edit a little bit. We you know we we you know get the laughing gas in, and we try to uh, pull some teeth and you know make it all happen. But Will's a natural, you know. He made it easy. We connected, you know. A little self-deprecation between the both of us, just some laughs and uh, good stories to be could be, to be told. And so, another another great example of uh, you know small business owner going for it, using their experiences, you know, and uh, previous opportunities to create you know a new adventure, a new story, and it's uh, it's a good one that we're really happy that we're able to to share with you this week. So. Never a dull moment, really, you know, good intel, good stories. Like I said, we really love what he's doing with, uh, you know, different breweries and even, even wine. It, it's, uh, it's really great. It's really, uh, pushing the envelopes, all really distinct, you know, from folklore to, you know, illustrative, you know, labels, uh, you know, to abstract work. It's, uh, you know, it's all, all doable, all in his sweet spot. And it's just a real testament to his uh, hard work. So we're going to get right back into it. Remember, studio.par and studiopar.co.uk. We are the 16-ounce canvas. Don't hesitate to reach out. Shoot us a message. And we want to thank those of you who have left reviews and rankings and ratings and all the other petty shit that you know, people use to get, you know, to get sponsors and... Um, it doesn't go unnoticed, and it is really appreciated. So thank you for all the kind words. I'm glad you're digging what we're doing, and we're going to go do it again and we'll get back into it right here. Episode 133, Will Parr, 16-ounce canvas. Enjoy, my friends. Before you were t- you, you mentioned kind of uh, working with, with, with tight timelines, what is the typical you know process? Some of these are, are rebrands, so you probably have a little more time to play with that, but just thinking, you know, day-to-day releases it seems like the 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 cans that you're doing more vibrant putting stuff out more frequently so what, yeah so what, vibrant vibrant and siren keep me busy um uh which is great and and i've yeah over the last year or so i've, got, I've built really strong relationships with them um vibrant uh, the whole system there was to create uh, a way that we didn't have to spend lots of time on each new beer release but each one wanted to be different um so uh, they're doing what are they doing they're probably doing about three or four maybe three beers a month um and i would say that each one 
is taking kind of like two days from start to finish. Uh, so, so fairly, fairly quick. Whereas Siren, because Siren was a real, it was a fundamental change. It was a big rebrand project. Um, the actual rebrand project probably took about three months from start to finish. But because we were looking at everything, um, so the thing I haven't shared uh, yet is how they deal with their what they call their small batch beers. So that you know, every month they're they're launching four to five new beers. So that that was part of the original brief was how do we do our core beers, which is the ones we've been talking about, um, and and but then also long term, how do we do that without each one being as detailed or taking as long um, as the as the core beers. Um, so what we've done is uh, for each of the core beer illustrations, what you see on a can, that illustration actually one, is one third of a much, much bigger canvas. Um, and the idea is that uh, for every new beer, uh, we'll decide kind of what illustration or what category it fits in. Um, and we take a crop of the extra illustration that we've got and color it up in different ways. So we've got, again, we've got this kind of quite cool system in place that to my knowledge has never been done before, particularly in the UK where we've got these much bigger illustrations, which I'm dying to uh, share. I just haven't found the best way to share it in, in a, in a small picture on Instagram. <laughs> um, so I'll have to do that before this one goes live. Um, uh, yeah, so we're, we're currently throwing out about four or five beers a month at the moment. And we're, we're, we're still using the main illustrations that we did from the, uh, the rebrand, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. I like that idea. Now, how do you yeah. decide, is there any, is there any, um, rhyme reason with, with the, the, the forest or that tree being white or black, or is just kind of, you flip it depending on the. Is this with with the vibrant one? Um, yeah, so the, the the vibrant one is very simple. Uh, beers are split into light and dark beers. Uh, so if it's kind of like a pale, hoppy beer, it will always have a dark tree with the the background being light and colourful. Um, and then if it's a dark beer, uh, the background will be dark and rich and heavy, still with colour but darker, and then the tree being light uh, on top. So there's, there's a very simple system there. Um, uh, there was taught that we were going to have kind of four or five different categories, but actually it's made it made life a lot simpler if we just talk about kind of light and dark beers. Yeah. It's yeah. I like, I like a simple style sheet. So it works out well. Mm. Mm. Now, how did you come to, you know, we'll talk about Siren for a second. How did you come to, to team up with them? You know, get, being, uh, being asked to take on a, a rebranding, so to speak is, uh, it's kind of a big undertaking. Yeah. So I, um, uh, I grew up basically down down the road from where they they set up six years ago. Um, all my family still lives back that way, so they've always been on my radar. Um, when I set up on my own, um, I kind of knocked on the door and said, "Hi, I'm here." Um, uh, although they're not local to me now, it's about an hour and a half drive. Uh, to them uh, obviously I'm going back to visit family quite often so I, I quite often went in and said hi um, I then 
started working with them about a year ago. So they asked me to do their um, Rainbow Project beer. It was actually their last Rainbow Project beer, which is um, the collaboration project where um, UK breweries were teamed up with the US brewery. And they did a collaboration uh, and each one was given a color each year. Um, and so the beer was supposed to be kind of the concept for the beer was based around the color and the label was based around that concept too. Uh, so that was the first project I did for them. Um, then I did a very quick barrel age project for them. And I think that was then uh, meant that I was in the mix for the, the bigger projects. Um, and at that point they were still looking at illustrators or design agencies or uh, different a variety, yeah, which was the, the right direction for their rebrand. Um, and uh, yeah, they chose me, which is good. <laughs> I like the, I like the hustle of the, Hey, like kind of just being there and, you know, making yourself available to them, which is, I think is uh, one of the things that they don't really teach in school was that, you know, that hustle and hard work and trying to, trying to get at it. Yeah. I mean, it helped that, uh, you know, Siren really burst onto the scene about six years ago and, and quickly went to kind of best, uh, new brewery in the UK consistently in the top 100 on rate beer of, around the world. So they, yeah, they, they quite quickly made a name for themselves. Um, and when I set up on my own, I kind of, that's, that's, they were exactly the type of, uh, of, uh, brands that I, I was hoping to work for. You know, I've got a lot of energy and, and wanted to find breweries that had that, had that, aim, uh, that energy. And the same with, uh, some of the UK vineyards I'm working with. Um, yeah, they're all young startup setups that, uh, that have just got that energy and passion that I thrive off being involved in. Yeah, you really work the the gamut of the uh, of the cocktail party, right? You've have. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm normally uh, all eyes on me for uh, bringing beer or supplying uh, supplying alcohol. That's for sure. Now, one of the the products you work with is uh, Allborn Estate, which has more of a, a classic topography kind of uh, foil design with. Uh, you know, their bottles, how, how is working, you know, is there any similarities or differences in working in kind of spirits or kind of wine versus in the, in the beer space? Cause there's, um, well, so, historically, yes, there, there, um, there was big differences, um, between what you could do on, uh, on English, particularly English wine, but uh, you know, generally any, any, any wine, I work with quite a few wine importers. So, uh, have a good spectrum of, of, uh, wine design from around the world and um historically there was always yeah rules and regulations but what's lovely in the uk wine industry is that those over the last 10 years particularly since i've worked on on brands um there are no rules uh whether that's just because we're a young industry you know not many people know about the uk wine industry um that there isn't there isn't the tradition and tradition and history so we we can kind of no holds barred on that um so the all born one is a quite a good example aj because that's actually the most uh controlled paired back label of theirs all all of their other labels have got 
big illustrations on. <laughs> really? Okay. Because I was uh, yeah, going to say they're yeah. super conservative looking, so that's kind yeah. of cool that they were. But that that for them was that that was actually the brief for that one that it couldn't it didn't it had to be much more controlled um, much more pared back. Uh, it was for their uh, midpoint uh, sparkling wine, um, so it just needed to be a bit more controlled. Makes it makes sense. It's a yeah multi vintage, so it's probably yeah. it's kind of the you know inferred um, kind of elegance of it. But right because you see some of the other ones you've done, especially the one I keep going back to. Those X Y labels are. I mean, those. I'd have to buy those. I mean, that, that, I mean, that, that would literally prove the the thesis of of the project is people buying things because they think it looks as good as it. Yeah, know, so that, that's really good because that again, that was one of my first projects as, uh, when I set out a studio part, and um, that was actually a, a a project to push digital printing at the time to its limits and actually we did push it to its limits and it wasn't quite ready so that the idea there was that every wine label was different um and uh, the the image is made from um digital inks mixing together so there was a, a series of um i think there was a thousand photos in the end um and the the software was pulling in the images um at, at the point of printing the label so i didn't have to do like a thousand artworks um and uh it actually ended up crashing the the software and it wasn't quite ready um this was di working directly with a, a printer in the uk whereas now uh the software's there software's caught up so with vibrant uh forest we've just done five thousand different labels um kind of a similar aesthetic so it's it's like a computer generated uh fluid uh it's almost like a cloud of ink um and the computer randomly picks the image and then scales it and rotates it on so it's every single label was different um uh so that's kind of like at one end of the spectrum and then for siren i've just we've just done a collaboration um with a northern brewery called northern monk and that beer is called uh i'll get always get this for the wrong way around paper rock scissors so it's the game of uh you know the hand game that you do in the school playground where you've got uh, mm -hmm. paper rock and scissors um and so every label has got a different um uh uh a different result of the hand game so uh i think i think it's launched last week so i think siren's got some photos of it on there um so again just using the technology in a creative space has been fun and i feel like uh i mean there's lots of people doing that now but i feel like i've really got my head around how the software works and, and knowing when's good to use it and when's not i mean yeah i think that I think everyone, I haven't really seen a lot of that. The fact that you're saying that for those original, the XYs, I mean, obviously I love the fact that it was probably a headache, but that you were pushing the, the software to its boundaries and kind of mm. taking that level of experimentation. But the fact that each label w w was different it was really kind of a cool experience. I mean, that you know, craft, whatever it is, always trying to make it kind of a one-of-a-kind or a, a little more intimate experience. And for you to have the one you know, bottle of wine that was completely different than the others and has that kind of liquid um, 
you know art show vibe mm-hmm. you'd see a lot from back in like the 60s and 70s with kind of the the trippy backgrounds of you know the oil. psychedelic yeah it definitely has that um when you really when you look into it really deeply there's a great photo where it's kind of the bottles are laid out against a you know a larger print and you can kind of really see that how you know which is great because even that every second or every mo- movement is a, is a new piece of art that's being created so the fact that you're creating those kind of in, in real time to to print out onto the labels is it's a it's an evolution of uh of digital art which is really cool yeah so the the next step which again i'm already thinking about what's what's next is i don't think it's quite there yet is um is to do some generative art so the the labels are aren't uh imagined so i'm not giving the the printer anything other than code um and then the software creates the image just purely through code um that's that's going to be cool when we get to that point yeah yeah i used to do some base i mean base coding back in the day but i remember the first time with like with the apples and you like could run these codes and it would just change it was like change it was basically like an early version of a screensaver but Mm -hmm. you, you would just run these algorithms and it would just kind of tweak the all the lines colors and the angles they were coming at and so it never you know you it would it would break because it would, it would be an endless loop and you wouldn't want that yeah. but it would be it would be awesome to, to kind of see it on the screen and uh I, yeah i love I yeah love it's, that. It's, it, we're not we're definitely not far off it i think the problem we've got is that a lot of the printers particularly in the uk um they might not have the most powerful of software linked up or hooked up with the printer so we're kind of limited by what the the printer can handle um but I, I yeah it definitely feels like we're we're not a million miles away it obviously takes the job away from me but it's quite exciting <laughs> to uh to to think that we're we could probably do that in an, in a year or two yeah because yeah that probably because right yeah they they need the the processing power to, to be able to to get to continually render those you know high definition photos where they're, they're probably thinking i just got these machines all have to spec to, you know, <laughs> accept all these huge files you're sending me. And now, yeah. now you want us to process them? So it's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. You're, you're going to be on some short list somewhere. Yeah. They're like, this studio par is a pain in the ass. Oh, I think I'm pretty sure I'm, that's that's how I'm known in the UK print industry. <laughs> it's, a uh, weird, it's a weird reputation to have, but yeah. At least yeah. You, at least well, it's, it. not, it's funny because it, it's normally because I'm asking to do something slightly differently or uh, making their job slightly harder. But it, it's quite a good uh, feeling knowing that it's then it's those projects that they then put into print awards and they, they get, end up looking good from it as well. It's always, it's, it's, it's always a little battle I have with the printers because I'm asking them to do something slightly unusual. Um, but, and yet it's, it's probably, uh, kind of helps them get to a result that they never thought they might might get to in the end. Now, do you have a limitation with colors? Or are you do is are you doing wraps? What, 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 yeah, it was just quite interesting actually because um, I, I on the way up to the Manchester Beer Festival, I had obviously four hours each way, so I, I kind of trawled through some of the older uh, sixteen ounce podcasts. Oh, look at that! And. Uh, and I actually revisited one because uh, I knew I was meeting or going to try and say hi to James Ockelfold um, up there. Uh, so I, I re-listened to his. And he, I, what was quite interesting, which I missed the first time around listening, was that they still 
print all of uh, the North Brew labels traditionally or Flexo. Um, whereas actually I've, I've got to the point where most of my smaller scale breweries we're printing digitally just because we have to. Um, but it's meant that we can kind of do things slightly differently and push the technology that way. So yeah, I've kind of embraced digital label, uh, printing, having kind of, uh, uh, not been the urban supporter, uh, for many years. Yeah. I, th- I think that that's what that I would say, looking at trends, I would say if you would kind of segment the the episodes i would say maybe the first third you would the the issue or difficulty of being limited to colors is is more is way more prevalent than it's been you Mm. know you know uh, in in recent years so i think that's been really interesting to i think as you're saying about pushing the boundaries over there i think that just the 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 printing and what have you is really kind of evolved to a point where now that it's such an art form that why would you limit people which which, which is good and bad. I think we've some folks really like the constraints of, you know, being able to you know, trying to get creative and, and utilizing the can as a, you know, as the the seventh color or what have you. But uh, yeah. it's uh, it's really fun because I think that's a it, those are subtle choices that you know the average consumer doesn't really realize that happened. There's a choice to where to, how, you, how you're printing or who you're printing with and you know, what 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 uh, tools are are in the you know, the the arsenal, so to speak. Yeah, and I think also working in the UK industry as well, we're we're a much smaller setup. So Sirens, Sirens, by far and away the biggest brewery that I I now work with, um, and yet we can still do digital printing on their volumes, which are much bigger than they they used to be. Whereas Vibrant, yeah, we're we're only printing five thousand labels uh, maximum uh, for for each brew. So actually, printing traditionally doesn't make sense for those sorts of runs um so d- digital printing is kind of almost a necessity for for the smaller brewers yeah it's not cost effective so i think that i think that it's great that there's an infrastructure in place that allows a, a smaller run of five thousand even to, to happen so yeah. i think we saw i think the biggest boom for us early on was the fact that having to buy the the cans before they were such a commonplace you had to buy pallets and pallets ahead of yeah. time and yeah. so it was where are you going to put them you know to, I, I can't buy this many and I don't have enough beer to put in them. And so <laughs> the scale of the scalability has, has really been uh, embraced, which I'm, I'm happy. For. Yeah. And, and I think if you look at the UK market, I don't know if you've seen, but a lot, a majority of the, the smaller batch beers, they're all on silver base cans. And then the labels are applied just because, you know, they, they, they can't order 70,000 printed cans. It's, that's minimum order. So. Yeah, even even here, you really you can. I mean, I don't think everyone. I, I notice it when I when I I could tell I have a lot better about that eye now. But it, you really kind of see that a brewery has to really get to that level of a flagship or having you know mm-hmm. this be the the beer that people love for them to you know buy those when you when you see kind of the open design of some of the breweries, you know. People, I'm always looking at the, the stacks of cans and seeing which ones are the, the blank silver versus uh, yeah. the, the the staples and, and what have you. So it's it's kind of cool to kind of see that it's a it's a big it's a big step forward when a brewery decides to you know get that you know seventy thousand or whatever the number is here in the states printed cans. Mm. 
Yeah. It just means that beer is not going to be a one-off and it's going to stick around for a while. Yeah, I think with the with the siren cans um, having that look, yeah, we, uh, for their core beers, we printed directly onto the cans. Um, and uh, it was actually really lovely to see. Uh, obviously, I, I do kind of finished renders um, to kind of mimic how we, we think the can's going to look, but there's nothing, there's no way of replicating it uh, properly until you see the printed can. Um, and it's actually been really lovely to see how my renders have actually been quite close to the finished result. Um, uh, yeah, I really feel like we've, we've managed to, uh, to get a really good result out of the, the can printing process. Yeah, you probably know way more about printing and uh, than you, than you knew years ago, right? You probably well. The- I think that's pro- that's probably all, all of that history working with uh, Tiger Beer and Tuborg and uh, Dosaki and Adams, all these big kind of much bigger brands uh, who always printed on cans, and then having a or maybe a, a eight year break uh, from doing anything like that, and then getting back into it with Sirens has actually been quite fun. Yeah, it's all building, right? All of our experiences are helping to bring us to this yeah. point, and so. Yeah. I'm uh, like an old man. I'm not. Uh, that's all right. Now, how old are you? How old are you? Uh, oh, 39 this year. Uh, so so I, yeah. I got you. I'm a little older than you, so we're good. We, we're uh, we're in the same circle. We got to yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be 41 next month. So. Oh yeah, we're we're very close. Yeah. Excellent. Now, with all these projects going on and being independent, you know how how is your how is your time management? I mean, obviously, I think you're, you're, you have your hands in a lot of different projects and with different uh, timelines. Some are kind of need yesterday and some are kind of a longer. How are you, how are you managing your time? Just kind of. Uh, uh, well, yeah, so I, I feel like right now we're probably in quite this quite good place where um, we've got some really good regular work that I can kind of almost map. Uh, so like the sirens, the vibrant uh slightly smaller um slightly more knee-jerk uh yeah we need we need a label in two weeks time whereas at uh, at siren they can map their brewing schedule much quicker much longer term um so i can kind of i can manage those longer longer term ones um the the wine industry is funny because i can i know when harvest is and the, the lot of my clients will either brief me just before harvest whilst they're busy doing harvest. They're expecting me to do some designs in the background. And then as, as soon as harvest is finished, then they're, um, yeah, they're straight back on the phone saying kind of where, where, where are we at? Um, uh, but then also at the same time, some other of the smaller vineyards will, will actually be so concentrating on harvest that it won't be until the end of harvest. Then it's all a panic to get stuff done before uh, before Christmas. Um, so I, I've, over the years, I kind of already kind of know when when my busy periods are and when they're not. Um, so yeah, it's 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 always difficult to manage, um, and I'm always interested to uh, hear of new exciting projects i don't like to kind of max myself out too much just in case something around the corner's coming i like that you're always kind of you're hungry and you're like oh that, that sounds exciting i want to I get i want my hands on that so yeah. leave leave a little bit uh, available for and that, for as i said I meant, meant, i've mentioned my wife uh nikki so she she is all she's always been in the background so she's always she's kind of my uh, 
creative di- evening creative director um so she can kind of i've worked on something all day and i show her at the end of the day and she'll either tell me it's good or start again or <laughs> yeah uh that's yeah. We, uh i'll go back to the drawing board love yeah yeah, but but it won't it won't be long before she can come on and 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 actually get her hands dirty much more and yeah it's going to be a, a a good time when we can kind of share that workload. Yeah, uh, yeah, twice the power, so that'd be great. Now, are how are you creating these? Are you is it all digital? Do you have are you sketching? Do you have a tablet? What's uh, give us a little behind the scenes over there at the studio. Yeah, so so I've already mentioned I do like to to go back to doing traditional stuff. Me personally, I have I have don't have as much time as I I used to. Um, so to spend hours on creating kind of traditional art artwork, and then scanning in and turning it digital sometimes just isn't flexible. So where I'm definitely doing more digital work. So all in Photoshop and uh, Illustrator predominantly okay um uh most label artworks are done in illustrator even if i'm dropping in uh kind of digital artwork um, yeah. so yeah now as i as i mentioned a few episodes back i i made the decision or mistake to to purchase the the year license of uh, adobe so back in my day i was uh i would say i was a uh, a hack in a positive way at Photoshop. I can do some stuff, but um, uh-huh. what kind of advice would you give for somebody? Um, I don't know, like myself, kind of uh, making that uh, mistake or dive into kind of at this stage of the game, try to uh, learn the Adobe suites. Uh, I got. <laughs> I think it probably goes back to kind of how I I started, and I actually found it really hard, particularly at university, kind of learning without having a brief or uh, a, a reason for doing something. Um, so maybe just set yourself kind of little bruises or what you, just so that you've got a parameter as to what you know you, what you're going to create. Um, and I think the way that iPads now, uh, some of the Adobe uh, apps for uh, the drawing on the iPad, then linking straight into uh, vector um, is is game changing um, and will definitely definitely help speed things up. Um, so I, in in many ways, I would I would say actually, uh, you don't have to learn the programs as in depth as we used to because you can kind of do it now on on the iPads and then convert straight into into the programs. Yeah, I, I think what your your first point about having the brief or the concept early, when we first did it before the. The, the water incident on the, the laptop was that we were doing we were doing the doodle or die uh, that we had in September because yeah. that was a way to force me to do it like you're saying every day having this this brief I found before that when I was just looking at it it was just kind of like so much to, to go with it was okay do I want to create something that's like real life do I want to try to create something abstract and so mm-hmm. the the infinite possibilities I think were kind of uh doesn't help. Yeah, they're over, it was overwhelming because there's so many yeah. things you could do, and, and so to having a focus, um, I think will will definitely help again. So I think what I'm going to drive myself to do is kind of fill in some of the blanks of the ones that we didn't get to do. Because even definitely. yeah, because even that one of them was I think it was the word was book or books or something like that, and I knew exactly what I wanted to do, and I could see how to do it in Illustrator, and then to have the start when I started drawing it out by hand, I was it was kind of. Uh, it was uh, it was disappointing because I, I 
that was probably one of the first times I could see how I would have done it a lot easier, you know, creating a few, yeah. a few versions of books that I could, you know, you know, resize and utilize on different shelves. And I, I was like, oh, I saw, it was kind of a, a Rain Man moment. Like I saw like all these different moving parts, <laughs> you know, and I was really, I was excited. And so then I, your brain came alive. Yeah. And it was uh, yeah, beautiful mind, I guess is a better way to say it. But, um, mm. but yeah, so that was, that was, uh, that was, uh, that was one of the moments I was kind of bummed about. Oh, man. Well, yeah, def- definitely. Uh, yeah, it is so hard when you, you when you're just trying to learn the shortcuts and stuff. But until you actually need to use those shortcuts, you're you, you know, they're they're the best times you uh, you learn them. Yeah, I I, I agree. And um, so this one is my one of my favorites. Is um, so in, in your you know in the studio or when you're creating, do you what is the what what is it like? Is there do you listen to music? Do you have certain are you a soundtrack uh, silence guy? What's going on there? No, always got to have music. I've got to have something going on in the background. Um, it's actually uh, so before moving into kind of this open plan studio, I was obviously working kind of back in our back bedroom studio. Um, uh, so I was doing that for three years and it's amazing how you can kind of trip over and still carry on, get stuck in playing the same music. Um, so it's actually been great to go back into essentially a studio with other, um, other artists to, yeah, just have a really wide selection of, of music. Otherwise you just fall into uh, kind of the, the same things. Um, I'm a, I'm definitely a kind of like a bass heavy electronica type of guy but i'm i'm more than happy with uh kind of more instrumental or band music so uh yeah it's been been good to get that mix back in back into my ears now which uh which artist are you listening to uh this oh, the, the, the age-old question yeah. um okay so i listen i listen to a lot of fortet which is a music producer in the uk um another guy called bonobo uh they're all kind of electronica dj uh but they yeah real kind of not nothing too heavy quite melodic um and just get me in the zone for churning out some creative now given your your portfolio do you have certain music that goes well like do you have is it gonna, do you have like are you listening to something a little more sophisticated for the wine and distilleries and then like kind of a little more energy for the breweries or vice versa or uh, probably not client specific but definitely task specific so if i'm doing uh you know a series of artworks for example if i've got 10 beer label artworks i have to get into the mindset quite logical mindset making sure all the print spec is sorted and so definitely something quite hard and and heavy for that um, whereas if it's creative, actually the, the, if it's purely just coming up with ideas, actually just completely random music helps because it, it might cut your train of thought and move somewhere else. And yeah, I, th- I think that, that definitely helps, uh, if, uh, if you've got a really random selection going on. Oh, okay, I, okay. I see that. Cause you kind of, you, if you're it kind of jumps your brain and keeps you, just yeah, yeah. When when it, when when it's working on a on the creative end of the project, actually, I don't want to get too caught down this kind of rabbit hole. And uh, it, yeah, I want to I want to come up with an idea and then move on and come up with another one. And yeah, because it's I I always find that the the, yeah, the first ideas are never the best ones. Um, and and that's what I 
I always try and tell clients, the more time you give me at that creative stage, um, yeah, the more unexpected results will come out of it. Now, when you're doing the ideation, are you are you just like writing down text about concepts? Or are you just are you quickly ske- trying to sketch them? I mean, how how does that process go? Uh, purely depends on the size of the project and maybe the budget for the project. You know, if I know the budget's fairly tight, I probably won't have time to really sit and kind of uh, get ideas written ideas down it I, I if the budget's tight i'd normally go straight into kind of sketching ideas and um going going that form but then uh, you know i've worked on an, a huge um vineyard project over in portugal um last year and uh the whole front end of that project was actually the naming of it and the the brand strategy um who i i work with a, a partner um strategic partner that kind of helps with that side of of things but a majority of that front end maybe two weeks was just pure words and uh coming up with theories and and all those sorts of things which i do i do love but i love the drawing side of it better (laughs) yeah now before you mentioned uh a tattoo artist? Are you a tattoo guy? Do you have, do you have tattoos? I'm not. No, believe it or not, I I, I think it's to do with uh, I can't bring myself to put something uh, on my body that I will probably want to change in time. Uh, so I've never I've never actually drew, uh, yeah crossed the line to get something. I've often often thought about it, um, but yeah, I've I'm I'm not a tattoo man. Oh yeah, because there's a there's a photo and it, it, it's I think it's of Joe, the tattoo artist you were talking about before on yeah. uh, on the Instagram. For a second, I thought it was you, and I was like, oh wow, nah. like you're very <laughs> like yeah. It's like on the hand, I was like, wow. I thought you might have a couple. I just got my first uh, a couple weeks ago, and I love it. But oh uh, man, yeah, but you've hit forty. It's time to get them now. Yeah, it's, I do. I do feel like a, I do feel like a cliche. Unfortunately, like I've I've wanted one my whole life, and finally I was like, I'm gonna get it, and I, I was like. I'm 40. Like some of my, someone's definitely gonna think this is like a midlife crisis thing. I'm like, uh, but uh, no, yeah, I, I, I can't bring myself to uh, to put something permanent down. Well, yeah. Now, I mean, I'm thinking now that there, you can get them removed a lot easier than you could 20 years ago. So I'm figuring. <laughs> it, it would probably have to be something that I could evolve over time. Yeah, this one I got was my son's. Uh, he was a preemie, and so he was really little when he was born. And so I got his like uh, to scale the the baby fit prints from his uh, certificate. Uh, oh, yeah, so I figured, and, and if I'm got that one over the heart, so I thought it was a good starting point. And f- yeah, and that's pro- that's actually something you're never going to get bored of. Right. I did see like an old woman though at the gym the other day, and it was like she had footprints, and they looked like oh, they looked <laughs> like tattered and haggard. And so I was like, oh. <laughs> it was kind of like foreshadowing. I was like, uh, I'm like that's not really good. My ink is still fresh. I was like, that's not the best thing I should be seeing right now. That might, well, that might actually be part of the reason why why not. So my my granddad was in the navy. Um, and he was this big six foot um, boxer and obviously was then fully tattooed and obviously well built. But uh, all my uh, memories of, of him was uh, a, a fuller set guy, obviously quite quite large and rotund. And his, all the tattoos had kind of blurred into nothing. Um, so, yeah, I think that might be the reason why I'm slightly hesitant. <laughs> yeah. Or they're expanded like these very detailed little things. And then Absolutely. as the, as the, uh, yeah. 
as the pounds get put on. It's a, it's a, it's a distorted version of uh, what have you. And yeah, yeah, I definitely I've noticed the military tattoos are a nice way to to thank people for their service, but they never they never look good. So I'm, I'm just hoping it's a it's a technique uh, problem versus a, a what I'd look forward to problem. But at that point, at that point, old people, you know, who really cares at that point? Who cares exactly? Yeah, you look good now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Will. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to be the best version of myself. Um, so, so Will, we did it, man. That's 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 a wrap, buddy. What do you think? We've broken it. Well done. Yeah. See, you uh-huh. talked about yourself for over an hour. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Once I get going, I can't stop. Well, uh, it was it was a pleasure. I really, I'm a big fan of what you're doing. I think that uh, I love the the versatility and you know, the different uh, concepts you come up with for your for your your, your clients and. Uh, I look forward to those those beers in person, man. Thanks, AJ. Are you uh, are you over in the UK soon? Or? No, but uh, I'm gonna, I mean, we, we went over. We came over in uh, April uh, with the family. It was our first time over there, and it was uh, it was it was wonderful. So, what okay. we've been as we we've had more and more artists that we've uh, connected with. So we really, I I think at some point, I don't know how logistics wise it would be, but we should. You know, you're talking about those larger pieces you have for your the labels and. That would look great for some sort of art show, gallery type thing. So I don't know. Maybe we'll uh, try to uh, piggyback on one of these, you know, bigger beer fests over there and have a have some sort of showing or gallery. Let's do it. Yeah, be, yeah. I mean, it'd be kind of cool to, to team up with something like that and have it just, you know, while people are catching a buzz to 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 celebrate all the all the work of all the different. We, we've had enough, you know, James, and we've had the the textbook crew and you know there's definitely i can easily get a dozen plus of us together to, to make and it happen they're all they all they're all there at uh indie man uh, yeah, i met, met up with james and uh james yo's sometimes there and yeah i think Na- nana was definitely there with levick i didn't actually meet her but uh her work was definitely definitely there yeah it was so, good so yeah maybe we'll reach out to them maybe they'll, I mean, they'll tell us to to piss off but uh i don't know when uh <laughs> when you get told off by a person, you know, over there, it, it just sounds a lot nicer than it does here in the States. So <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't guarantee that happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, all right, my friend, uh, this will probably air in a couple of weeks, probably two, three weeks. And, cool. uh, moving forward, if you need anything or help with promotion, you know, uh, you're part of the family now. So I think one thing we're going to try to do, uh, once we get, you know, the, the, the multimedia back up is we're gonna start working on a book, and so, obviously, when we get to that point, uh, I'll reach out. But I would love to, you know, oh, love, 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 That's to amazing, man. love to include you as part of that. I mean, it's very early stages, but we keep talking about it. So I think I'm just gonna. That you said have a project to to learn in design, and I think that'll be a perfect one to do with. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I am uh, the other guy that I saw was uh, Tobias from Omnipolo. Oh wow! Uh, he's he's going to be a good character to have on the podcast. He looks like sure. a good character. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited. I just. Uh, I just ordered a, a print, one of Carl's prints uh, the other day, and so I'm excited yeah. to, to finally do that. And uh, yeah, if you need anything, I'm always here, man. Thank you very much, AJ. All right, cheers. Nice cheers. Bye. Bye bye. And there you have it, folks. The essential episode. The full interview right here on the 16-ounce canvas, Will Parr, studio.par, studiopar.co.uk, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. 
You know it, folks, as the Art of Craft Beer podcast. I really enjoyed speaking with Will. I think that uh, he's got a good sense of humor. He's got a good perspective. I really enjoy how he's pushing the boundaries on printing. As somebody who kind of geeks out with numbers and mathematics and has uh, had several stints as a programmer, I just really like the dynamic nature of that and using calculations and algorithms to create, you know, you're probably basically creating uh, unique variables and loops that are manipulated and, and give you unique uh, spatial and, and layout presentations. And so, I don't know, I just think it's a really cool way to look at things. You know, the beauty of it being that you're able to come up with, you know, thousands of unique labels that are literally, you know, all from that same foundation or, or thought pro- a process for the project but then they come out and each one is unique. So you, when you get that bottle, you know, of wine or beer, depending on the project, you're getting a, you know, literally a one of a kind experience. And so that's something to be applauded. It really shows where, you know, people's thinking are that they can not only be creative with what they're putting together, you know, for the, the visual, visual or, you know, or digital presentation, but even, even the process becoming creative and just trying to, you know, render unique pieces. So He's good people. Really enjoyed you know, the opportunity to, to get to speak to him. Will's been a big supporter of the project you know, for some time now, so really to kind of bring it full circle. And also just, uh, you know, as we say many times, that we're really truly you know, blessed when we have the opportunity to speak with folks from you know, different parts of the world. And uh, you know, more and more we talk about it, the more and more it just makes sense we should be doing the Art of Craft Beer you know, in the UK. And uh, who knows? So if you're over on that side of the pond, and if you're uh, an organizer of events or you want to organize an event, aj at 16ozcanvas.com. Don't hesitate to reach out or slide into our DMs or just, you know, whatever is easiest for you. We are flexible. When I say that, I can almost touch my toes, but we are working on it. We're getting there week by week, and, uh, you know, we'll see where it takes us. But it's just a good episode of, of hard work going for it. You know, I love the fact that, you know, he you know, continued uh, throughout the interview to celebrate and promote the fact that his wife is a you know, huge part of it. It's nice to see that Studio Par will be you know, increasing, you know, increasing the, the staff by over 100%. And uh, it's, just, uh, it's just really cool when you, you, you do what you love and you work hard and you know, it, all comes to, it all comes together. So don't hesitate to check out his work. Head on over, like I said, to Instagram, studio.par. It's so good. It's better than par, so you have to use two R's for that. So it's studio.parr. And again, you can go to the website, studiopar.co.uk. So, you know, we'll tease the upcoming Tobias interview. We got that that we'll uh, be doing shortly. And uh, we've got a few more in the in the hopper getting ready for you. So don't, don't sit on this one. Make sure you uh, tell a friend, share it, retweet it, like it whatever it is, whatever else the kids are doing these days. Episode 133 is officially in the books featuring Will Parr right here in the 16-ounce canvas. We thank you. Stay warm. Fall is here. It's kind of nice getting a little, little hoodie weather, little sweatpants, get a little campfire going. And uh, remember, you still have time. My birthday's now for a few more weeks. You know, we'll, you know feel free to reach out for that. Uh, we, we do accept gifts you know we we are not above that and uh we look forward sober october is almost over so we'll be cracking some delicious stouts just in time for this festive holiday season so until next week i'm aj you're you and i thank you and we're out